<sighs> okay, we're good to go. I have not written an intro, which is probably best. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. Oh, hold on. Somehow that didn't sound right. Did it sound weird to you? Nope. Uh, it sounded uh, like, hold on. No, something's wrong. Hold on. Quit that. It was it sounded good. No, it didn't. Well, for me, it did. It, well, it was subtle, but I could hear it was a digital. It was like downsampled. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's try that again. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. Ah, oh, man, I can't. Fuck. That's still not right. Hold on. Oh, I know what it is. There we go. That's what was missing. Now it should work. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's raining in San Francisco, better known as Gitmo Nation Northwest. It is Sunday. Time for another show. This is No Agenda. Coming to you from uh, my undisclosed secret location in Gitmo Nation Northwest, the backup crack crackpot command center. I'm Adam Curry. And from the same rainy, gloomy, somewhat depressing, gray Northern California, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Yo. You know what's interesting? It's actually in the morning. <laughs> For both of us, for once. Well, it's actually, you know what? It's always in the morning someplace. That's right. And it's always happy hour someplace. Yeah. Hey, John, it's uh, it's good to have you back in my time zone, uh, my friend. Yeah, well, you know, I had a long trip. We went to, uh, I'm going to put a, a restaurant review thing. And we went to, I went to probably half the country uh, <laughs> and went to all these, you know, lunch and dinner at most of the high-end restaurants in Holland. Oh, geez, man. Excellent. And I discovered that there's obviously one or two consultants that are dominating the scene because you go to one, two, three, four, five places and you run into the same kind of formula from place after place. I mean, we're talking about, you know, good places. The food's good. But the formula gets really depressing. I mean, they have – it's all black and white is basically oh, yeah. the, the, is yeah. the theme. Yeah. The white tablecloths with white platters and white dishes. Everything's white. And black, then if you, flip, yeah. if you flip them over – they're all Villery and Bosch. <laughs> That's the one, same people who make the toilets. And one, <laughs> it's true. And one, one place did have Wedgwood, but it was still white. Huh. And uh, it, and then they have the same routine of this and that. And I'm going to write it up actually as a review uh, of all these restaurants because I, I found it you know distressing. I think people go; they're expensive. There's a bunch of Bentleys parked out in front, Ferraris and these kinds of things in all these places. Mm -hmm. And you go there, and it's just like, gee, I mean, this is like a cookie cutter. And there, I mean, and the fact to the point where we're talking about going to like 14 places of this caliber, and they all use the exact same. Sweeper for sweeping the the, uh, the crumbs the, the, off the tablecloth. Yeah, exactly <laughs> the same brand, and, and everybody had the same one. And it was a little thing that swept, and then you held it up vertically, and then tapped it a few times, and the ashes went into the handle. Oh no! But this it, but this is a very Dutch thing. Um, they it used to be for ashtrays, and they and it was uh, it was kind of like an ashtray with a lid on a handle. Is that what you're talking about? No, no. Oh, it, this okay. is just a, it's like one of those little scrape, uh, uh, crumb scrapers. Yeah, crumb scraper, yeah. <clears throat> Only it's got a, a, a hollow handle. Oh, and there's, okay. There were two sizes. And we, at the, by the time we got to restaurant 14 or 15, we were taking bets 
on what size they were going to bring out. So wait a minute. You weren't even there for, an, I mean, you didn't have dinner at all these places. You weren't there for 14 dinners. No, I'm talking about dinner and lunch. Mm. So we hit him for lunch and then dinner. So I was there for like 14 meals. So you got, you got the names there? You can, can you just give me a couple names just so I know no, what they're you're going to review? Uh, no, they're, they're not on this machine. I, it's like, you know, they... Do you remember uh, any of them? One name? The names are all so Dutch, I can't remember any of them. I have to look at the name. <laughs> there wasn't one name like the Chateau. <laughs> no, it's not a, not a very Dutch word. <laughs> it's like these Dutch names, and you look at them. Now, in fact, I'm going to have to get back, because the guy I went with, he um, put up a Google map yeah. showing where this place is. I didn't realize how far flung they were. Oh, excellent. But, but uh, I looked at all of them today, and now I'm going to have to find out what the order was, because I can remember the restaurants by the order, but I can't remember uh, the names when I look at these names. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> and, well, here's another thing they all did. They, every one of them is a member of some club, and uh, these restaurant gourmet clubs, and they and it's like the Young Chefs of, of Holland is one of the clubs, and only it's in Dutch, of course. And these guys are in these different restaurants are in two or three of these different clubs. And uh, actually, one of the places that I went to, I, when I opened up the book, I could that's when I first saw the formula of black and white. And because all the restaurants, they had pictures of all the interiors. I'm getting this looks like the same place. Huh. And so, uh, but anyway, the thing is, the, the classic is you go in the restaurant and they, they laid out the table and there's the book <laughs> on the table. <laughs> and it's their club. And so you look oh, through man. and see all these other restaurants that are all like-minded. Just, and, just, like, just, just like the one you're in. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, I found it it's distressing because, I mean, the, the lack of variety uh, and, and, and even the food was served the same, you know, the same kind of, it's very, very, I hate to tell it, be too critical, but this is very much like kind of dead nouvelle cuisine style. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. The food uh, pushed up vertically, you know, so it's, you know, a little yeah, so it's high, yeah, so it's high, which yeah, is, come on, yeah. that went out 10 yeah, years ago. Yeah. And, uh, and that's still you know, considered so, uh, chic in Holland. Yeah, and then dots of crap all over the place. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, did, did someone have a bloody nose over my plate, or is that... Uh... <laughs> dot, 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 and then a couple of lines of mm, stuff. Like, uh, squirrelies, know. squirrely lines. Yeah, and, just I mean, give, just give a, me a sauce dish, dude. That'll make me feel much better. <laughs> and then when you get to the cheese course, then none of these guys really w wanted to specialize in Dutch cheeses. And I know there's better cheeses than the one or two they had. <laughs> there's all French. And I'm thinking, I'm coming to Holland. And you're not, getting to go to Holland cheese. French cheese. No, of course not. You know, I, 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 I still feel bad that it all messed up and that I was out here and you're out there. But I think you probably got a – you saw much more of the country than you ever would have seen with me to start with. Yeah, well, I was being hosted, so I got to see a lot, and um, and I went all over. When you see the map, you go, guys, it's like you were just on the road all this. Because Holland's not very big. I think you can go corner to corner in like an hour and something. No, um, two hours. Okay. So one of the things I did see, though, that I was kind of impressed with is I went out to the windmill farms and uh, where they have the power. Mm -hmm. you know, not the, not the old – I actually went to the old-fashioned windmill. Do you, do you remember which – because there are a couple of windmill farms. Do you remember it's which the one? one that's pretty north to the, to oh, the, uh, to the west. Lelystad, perhaps? Maybe. Could be. Yeah. It's on the map. There's a lot of them. I'll send you a copy of the map. You can figure out where I went and tell yeah. me. Yeah. What's what? So, yeah, there's a lot of these windmill things. You can see them when you're flying over. And actually, I got some pictures from the hotel room of ha of Amsterdam shooting out over the water. And then you can see in the background a slew of these things. And these are all third generation, fourth generation windmills, and they're fantastic. Yeah, but they are, in, in general, I find these farms to be pretty ugly. It's, it's not an attractive area where, the, where these things are located anyway. It's windblown. Yeah.
The thing is, apparently, the bird lovers, you know, we went and looked at a couple of the big ones, and, and the bird lovers are moaning yeah, about killing all these yeah. birds. And somebody points out that cats in Holland kill three times as many birds as the windmill, so we should ban cats. <laughs> Each of these windmills, uh, this was actually started as a big scam, and uh, of course. And I'm not against the idea of wind power. I just don't think that uh, – I'm not convinced that it delivers enough actual energy for us that, it's, uh, that it makes a lot of sense. Because uh, these windmills are pretty expensive. You know, some of them – million be, dollars. Yeah, exactly. Some of these really big ones. And uh, every single one of them is its own financial entity. It's its yeah, own apparently <laughs> a farmer who has the land to put a windmill, but if he can afford to put yeah. the million for a windmill, he's retired. Yeah. And, uh, but there's also uh, – it's an investment vehicle. Because you get all these tax breaks, and there were uh, ministers of parliament who were in all these. Because these are companies, basically. Each windmill is its own corporation. Yeah. And uh, it was a, a big scandal, big scam. It's uh, And it's really well, not that hard to understand once you see what's going on. I just I, don't know I, if, if they deliver the energy or not. I, I, I had the father of modern wind power on my show years ago when I did real computing on public radio. And he convinced me that we not it's not only a good idea, especially the new third generation windmills, which we don't have any of in the United States except, you know, one, maybe one or two. He said that... Uh, the state of North Dakota could power the entire U.S. grid by itself with wind. Hmm. That's kind of what uh, Slim – is that – what's his name? Boone Slim Pickens? Boone Pickens. Boone Pickens. Slim Pickens. Slim Pickens. Slim Pickens. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> wind power, everybody. Well, actually, it's kind of the same guy. Um, no, that's what he's saying. He's saying the exact same thing, that that could power – and, you know, did you read that we discovered this huge, massive natural gas – uh, field in the United States. It was this was in the news like a couple days ago. Where? Um, let me look it up. It was you know enough enough to to give us energy through you know 2050 or something like that. There's also a huge oil field under North Dakota where the wind is apparently the size of the Saudi Arabia uh, oil fields. That's unbelievable. And and of course this. This wasn't actual news that got really got reported. Let me see. No, nobody wants to talk about oil. Well, no, this was natural gas here. Uh, Northern. Well, I, I mean, here. you don't want to talk about anything that burns because you know the CO two oh, yeah. carbon footprint. Here, check it out. Uh, this is from Wall Street Journal. A massive natural gas discovery in northern Louisiana heralds a big shift in the nation's energy landscape after an era of decline. What's an era? How long is an era? Uh, a period of time. <laughs> Well, good reporting, Wall Street Journal. Too lazy to fucking look it up. After a period of time of declining production, the U.S. is now swimming, swimming, says the Wall Street Journal, in natural gas. <laughs> swimming. Swimming. 200 trillion cubic feet of natural gas, the equivalent of 33 billion ar- barrels of oil or 18 years' worth of current U.S. oil production. Hmm. And... uh I think we should use some of that. We don't. We don't. Don't we want to uh, reduce our dependence upon foreign energy? Isn't this a perfect way to do it? No, we don't want to do that. We want to. We want to just stop all energy use and use hamsters and <laughs> generators and live in and live in a cave. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> live in a cave. Oy vey. <sighs> so you're in a better mood than you were last time. Well, I've done some You're soul searching. You're depressed on Thursday. Yeah, but I've done some soul searching, John. I, you know, there's, there's nothing. Oh no. Oh, oh no! Oh brother! 
There's nothing like being in rainy San Francisco to to tug at the heartstrings and being in your hotel room. You know, you can't turn on the television because it's. Oh, by the way, I figured it out. It was so so freaking obvious. I can't believe we overlooked this. Do you know what last week was in the world of television? No, what sweeps? Oh, a sweeps week. Yeah. So no wonder swine flu hit the no. hit the top of the charts. Of course. Sweeps week, swine flu. My wife pointed out the fact that, you know, if this was like a dry run to see how the public is going to react to a genuine pandemic Uh as opposed to this bull, Mm -hmm. she says it may be you creating a crying wolf situation. So when people actually really do have to be careful. Exactly. They won't be like, "Ah, nothing's going to happen. Bull last time was bull. In uh, Hong Kong, I saw that um, they quarantined hotel guests for a week. Yeah. I'm like, can you imagine that? I'd be stuck at this shithole for <laughs> for a week. It would, you know what? The swine flu would kill people. Certainly one, namely me. Two to the head. Yeah. I'd be, <laughs> I'd hang myself. Quarantine. Yeah. So um, I was at the airport. I was coming. I, I left uh, Amsterdam yesterday and uh, flew through Munich. And I'm going through uh, passport control, and there's a whole bunch of Japanese there wearing masks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. In Holland. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a hotbed of swine flu. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over there. You know, I flew to New York uh, earlier this week, and it was the same thing. There were plenty of people at the airport wearing uh, surgical masks. It was pretty funny. Well, you know, maybe they're surgeons. So a couple of things we want to straighten up from last week. One is that we now, everybody wrote us about there's two 747 Air Force Ones. Only one designated as such, obviously, when the president's on board. Uh, I didn't know this. I didn't know they built a duplicate. And then apparently there's two reasons for the duplicate. One, they, what, half the people say, well, it's a decoy. Like, what difference does it make? Mm-hmm. And the other people say, well, it's a backup in case one craps out and has to land. And Obama can get right into the next that, one. No, the that other makes one. sense. That makes sense. Well, it's like, you know, Bill Gates has two limos. Yeah, when he goes around because he, don't he also has two Windows machines. I'm told in case one craps out, <laughs> <laughs> need more than two. So uh, anyway, so that yeah it makes a little sense. But you know, flying those two monsters, they and they stock them both up to the max, yeah. and uh, fly them all over the place. It's got to be expensive. He should stay home. But when we really think about it, at the end of the day, this whole affair of the of the the photo op over New York, it it. It just smells like shit. It I just... gave it some thought. Now I got a letter from somebody that told me that one of my uh, one of our producers, I think he's a producer, uh, sent a letter and saying that his pal, uh, who was in a building uh, that was evacuated when the thing started flying over, uh, lived next door to some other rooftop, and he says the military was set up there with military photographers with these huge cameras and these monster lenses, those big yeah, gray zoom, lenses, zoom lenses that you yeah. get on it. The sports, that, uh, uh, sports field. Sports lenses. Yeah. And they were shooting like crazy. So that, I believe that may have been a photo shoot. Now, so I gave it some thought, assuming that that was the case. And I'm thinking two things. One, what was the point of telling the New York Police Department not to uh, say anything to the public at all? Yeah, what is the thinking behind that? Here's what I'm thinking. For one thing, by the way, I think this is bad, but I think the only possible reason was is because of the because their thing was going to be so low flying close to the Statue of Liberty that a bunch of gun happy crackpots would just take pot shots at it right. if they knew it was there. Yeah, good point. Which is good point. a possibility. You know, can you drive it back or you fly it back home and there's a bunch of bullet holes in the thing? You know, that would be kind of annoying. 
And, and and also if it got brought down, let's say, by something or other, it would be very embarrassing for the country, so you don't want to alert anyone. On the other hand, that's probably not going to happen because people have some respect. I mean, the public's not completely a bunch of maniacs. Oh, and it's not, and it's fact, not like it's not like you couldn't shoot that thing out of the sky anytime you wanted with a... If you knew where it was. Yeah, but I the, mean... But the point is, is that they should have told the public if for no other reason to give the public the opportunity for the to photo take some op. pictures. Thank you very much. And and can I just say, there is one third option they could have taken. It's called Photoshop, people. I mean, get a freaking clue. I, I, I wrote that down, too. <laughs> it's like, why don't you just Photoshop? Photoshop it costs like $350,000 for this joyride that could have been Photoshopped for 50 bucks. you know? You know, I have to, you know, you really said, oh, I'm sorry, John. Would you mind uh, turning your speakers down just a little bit? Have, uh, a, have a drink, everybody. All right. I, um, you, you, you're onto something very important there because if if this truly was a, fo- a flyby photo op, which by the way typically happens at air shows because that's that's really the place you want to do that, and that's where the military always shows its shit in the air and the airlines and uh, the manufacturers. I mean, that's the place to do it. But okay, um, forget about just giving an opportunity to the American public to take pictures. You really, t- I mean, think about tapping into something there. If it was really true, and if and if I were you know pushing the buttons, and indeed. There was some, you know, oh, Air Force One needs some new headshots right in the middle of all the other shit we got going on. Okay, I would say, you know what, why don't we make this a big deal and show our pride, you know? I mean, that is a that is a beautiful airplane, and that thing symbolizes something much more than just, you know, a Boeing. It is, it is a, a symbol of the leader of the free world. Of and it's a, you know it's a beautiful uh, neutral blue blue white color scheme. We've got our lovely aircraft flying around it. I mean, we could have made that into a big you know twenty one gun salute event. It would have been fantastic. Yeah. So I know I don't know. They just blew it. I think they completely blew it. And then this thing about Obama getting all bent out of shape. I doubt that. Well, this seems to be kind of Obama's mo, and this is something that I'm noticing as a trend. And the way it works is his minions. Uh, and that would be everything from, um, from, uh, oh, let's just say all the way up to the vice president. They come out and they something, say something completely outrageous or something, you know, they, they kind of set him up so that he can then come in and say, oh, well, you know, you know, or in the case of Air Force One, he can be really pissed off. You know, so you got Joe Biden comes out and says, well, you know, I would tell my my family staying indoor. I'm protecting them. Yeah, we're we've already got the the nuclear uh, shelter all on standby for the swine flu, and you know, and then it's like, oh well, you know, of course, uh, Joe Joe means well, you know, but it's it seems to be a constant thing. He gets the setup, the press comes out and and runs with the ball, and then he comes in and says, you know, he either um, dims it down a bit or hypes it up depending on what's necessary. Yeah, I agree with that. This is definitely going on. So um, I went to other topics. Um, so I went to Queen's Day. We did know that. Yeah. You have did, you have more? Did on- I mention I saw the boat sink? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because I thought I did the show on Friday, Thursday after Queen's Day. Okay, I saw the boat sink after, before I did the show. Let me uh, Let me try a topic for you since you're struggling. No, I'm not struggling. I'm, I've got my list here. <laughs> yeah, but your list is from last show. <laughs> <laughs> we already know this I list. I looked at the date of the last show. I said, wait a minute. Did I do that show before or after Queen's Day? Uh, By the way, I got a huge blister from that damned event. On your what? On the bottom of my foot. Oh, uh, from walking. 
Yeah, walking yeah. too much, I guess. You don't, have, what, you don't have good shoes. I had good shoes. I have walking shoes, but I guess it must have been some irritation. Well, maybe just... it was the high heels you were wearing at the party. Oh, no, maybe. <laughs> the pumps. Your pumps, dear. dear. <laughs> your Pradas. So I have so I have on this list. I'm sorry, I just got a visual of you in Pradas. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what Pradas are, so the visual doesn't work for me. Um, half the audience is on the floor. Trust me. Half the audience doesn't know what Pradas is either. Yeah, the other half. They is know on some the floor. sort of an expensive shoe. <laughs> well, the devil and I think wears they have them. more than one style. Nah, uh, the, the devil wears them, baby. Okay, so, go ahead. Okay. Um, you'll recall when we were in the, uh, the first round of, uh, certification is not the word, uh, affirmation of, uh, you know, cabinet members. It, what do you call that? When Congress has to approve them, the Senate, yeah. uh, what is that? Is it affirmation? No, I don't know. Go ahead with the story though. Okay. We don't oh, need the term. Okay. So by the way, the, um, the, uh, Oh, now I'm really spacing. Our brand new... Um, Boy, yeah, I like the way you jumped in. Yeah, sorry about that. Well, okay, let, let me back up. So we were trying to get that guy in to be... Uh, oh, Jesus, John, I'm completely spacing. This was All about right, well, the... the okay, help me along here. You remember the consensus that the consensus, which is going to be held in, I guess, 2010... Uh, or is it starting now that it, that was moved into the White House, and that's the reason why they couldn't confirm the confirmation. That's a confirmation here. Ah, and then uh, we didn't. It's funny you get hung up on something like a terminology, and then it just and it takes blows you off everything. The track. Yeah, I don't know. It blows everything. I wonder how that works with you. Um, uh, lack of brain cells. Uh, so who was the guy that we uh, tried to get in as? It was a Republican. Remember. Uh, yeah, I can't remember who it was, but yeah, he, then he couldn't do it because he didn't like the, he, he the, didn't, he didn't yeah, like he did, the model. He didn't like the model of the census. So the way, so what the census is, is extremely important. And, uh, even in the constitution, I believe the census, you know, that says the census will be taken, but it's not supposed to be supervised by the white house. You know, I, I presume that's supposed to be something that Congress sets up and, and, you know, that's all on the up and up because when you, ha when you take the census, which is essentially, uh, finding out who lives in the United States of America and, uh, you know, what are the questions, John? Age, uh, religion, uh, race, creed. I mean, what, whatever the, uh, the basics Yeah, how many people are. live in the house and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah. Uh, I had somebody come by the house the other day. I told you this. Well, you interesting that, knocked uh, on the door. Yeah. Some little woman, she says, uh, is this a single family dwelling? Cause big house. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah. Okay. And they left. Now, did she have a box in her hand? No. You she sure? had a clipboard. Because apparently Acorn, our good old friend from Acorn, have been conducting parts of the census, and they are doing it with handheld GPS devices. So they're actually marking every dwelling um, with GPS coordinates. Oh. And, of course... You know, I, is there also political data they take? Do they say, are you Republican or Democrat? No, I've never heard that. They don't do that. Um, but I find that interesting. So they're kind of doing their own like Google Maps thing, except they're, they're literally mapping out down well, to They the, don't really have to do that because they can get that from the uh, registration data, which then is Then why public. are they doing it? I don't know anyone's ever asked Republican or Democrat. No, no, I'm sorry. Why, why are they going around with handheld GPS devices? Well, probably to mark your place in case the black helicopters have to take your place out. <laughs> hey, John. 
if you're going to start stealing my lines, then, you know, we might as well just stop right now. <laughs> you got to be faster than this. But I, I find that uh, somewhat disconcerting. Uh, it doesn't, you know, this, take it, do that. I mean, it's just, it, that's the new way. It's just the way it's going to be. Yeah. Well, it's the combination with Acorn that irks me, I guess. Because, you know, I, I haven't heard much good about those guys. Well, I don't know them, but I mean, I should, I mean, yeah, I haven't either. They seem kind of, there's some, some corrupt aspect to it. So we got a letter. You done on that subject? Yeah, I'm sorry it doesn't interest you. It's really not, doesn't, because they could do this anyway. I mean, I don't see, you know, somebody coming to the house and clicking a button. I mean, they can just drive by and do it. Click, click, click is close enough. You know, the, okay. the damned GPS thing is only good, you know, good, you know, 10 feet away. Okay. It's not the one that does the millimeter stuff. Okay. You've convinced me. Uh, this is from John Henry. On Thursday's No Agenda, you told how Marcos was told that Tamiflu prescriptions need to be approved by the CDC. You asked anyone with knowledge to write. And by the way, nobody wrote. Well, I, I guess nobody from the CDC listens to us. Not yet. I don't have any knowledge, but I do have an anecdote. In 2004 or five, I spoke at a pharmaceutical conference. One of the other speakers was the regional director of the Food and Drug Administration, and I sat in on his presentation. One of the things he spoke about briefly was a new program to monitor the sales of certain medications in drugstores. The one I specifically remember was Imodium, which is an over-the-counter anti-diarrheal drug. Uh, diarrheal. Yeah. Diarrhea. Imodium Di- uh, uh, AD, anti-diarrheal. The way it works is that the pharmacy's point of sale system routinely collects information on every product sold. They do this for inventory, whatever. For certain drugs, such as Imodium, the information is also sent to the CDC. Huh. The CDC automatically monitors the information, knows that in Port Angeles, for example, 100 bottles a week are normally sold. As long as it's around the baseline, nothing happens. But then all of a sudden, if there's a spike in Imodium sales, it will kick out an alarm, which could be an indicator of food poisoning or some other problem. The CDC then contacts hospitals and medical providers to investigate further. Huh. I thought that was, you know, interesting. That's not bad. Well, it's kind of an, it's what uh, they should a good do. indicator. Yeah, it sounds right. I'm not against that, as long as they're yeah. not, you know, connecting it to me who's taking a shit. He says that there's no connection to the individuals. Okay, okay good. <laughs> you take, hey, cut off Curry's toilet. Cut water. off his water. <laughs> we'll <laughs> smoke him out. <laughs> He's quite. You okay? You gonna make it through the night? Jeez. Um, I actually, um, I wanted to ask you something on a quite serious note, and I decided to ask it in this program. Because, sure. Because in a way, it's an admission, and some I'm rescinding somewhat. Um, could you hook me up with some Tamiflu? I, my doctor is uh, no, I can't because my doctor's not who's next door is in Florida someplace, and I don't have his other number. Well, do you, but you know, you should be able to get it from. Well, don't you have a, like a you got a stash, don't you? you hook me up with a couple pills. Come on, man. Come no, on, you brother. can't do really that. Need, you have to have a hey, full brother, prescription, on, or it doesn't do anything. Right, man, brother, I need, I need some. I need some Tamiflu, man. You, there's a doctor in the audience that that lives around San Francisco Bay Area that get will Adam call some you. Tamiflu. Will send. Email to Adam at Mevio.com. You can walk into his office and he'll get your prescription. Oh, good. It's not. It's not really for me, but I'm. Uh, I. Um, you, well, you know my. You know my. Uh, my take on everything, but I'm. I'm really worried about my girls. So the thing, the interesting thing is, you should be able to get it in England. Oh, by the way, lenses also. You, but it's not that simple because there are. You know, there's. You can't get it. 
And the way the national health system... If you I, have a good doctor, a private one, yeah, but, yeah, you but, should, they should be able to get your prescription. Yeah, but as we a, have, as we a have socialized medicine in, uh, in mm, the United Kingdom. Way. You know, come on, there's a way around everything. Yeah, now, my way around everything is to ask my friend John. That's exactly what I was doing. Well, if I could, I would. I mean, I'd just do it. You know, tomorrow I'd get your prescription for two. You know, two rounds. Now the uh, thing is, is that, although now it's kind of scarce because everybody's freaked out over swine flu, so it's now is not the time. It seems like bad timing, but the and nothing's going to happen anyway. The um, no, I know, but so I get but a lot even, of even flack. The, but even as the placebo effect, because you know, I, I I talk to my daughter. My wife's in Holland. She's doing her show. My daughter's home. She said, Dad. I have a sore throat. Yeah, well, you know, flu doesn't cause a sore throat usually. But if you read the news reports, it's like sore throat, fever, vomiting. You know, if I start vomiting, will I have, have swine flu? You know, the kids fucking freaked out, man, about the way they've. I know they've scared the public. Pisses to death. me off. And not only that, but there's like they evacuated this- her school. My kid's school. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> evacuated the school. They evacuated her school. She's on a five-day bank holiday now because, well, you know, <laughs> there might be swine flu in Guilford. Yeah, <laughs> likely with zero. Uh. So the, uh, the the around here, all the Asians are freaked out, and they've all got swine flu because they woke up. You know, like the temperature, like the thermostat's up too hot, hot in the house. Next thing you know, you think you've got swine flu. Yeah, you're just sweating like it's a pig. pathetic. I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, anyone who's ever had the flu, which is most people, you know what the symptoms are. You can wait until you actually have a confirmation symptom. You don't want to start wasting this stuff at a hundred dollars a pop, and. And you wait for the point where you, you know, kind of show some real flu symptoms, which usually is a pretty bad fever. And then you take it. Jeez. Anyway. So anyway, I got a bunch of flack on Twitter and elsewhere. And you're hearing there are oh, people like Dvorak are part of the problem because we need <laughs> well, the swine flu. Agreed. <laughs> I don't know what it's about, but yeah. <laughs> we need the Tamiflu for emergencies. We don't need it for just people just having it just in case. Mm-hmm. Which is bull. In fact, one pharmacist twittered me that it was like, you know, probably not a bad idea if you're traveling a lot to have one, one round of dosage on you in your suitcase just in case. Cause you're not, you know, what I'm in Holland and I'm supposed to get a doctor to give me a prescription for, you, well, you can't, you can't even get, um, uh, antibiotics easily in Holland. You can't. I mean, you have to get a referral notice. I mean, you're absolutely right. I think you're right to travel with with some kind of. I used to have Tamiflu because it was given to me once when I had a severe. Uh, I think I had a urinary tract infection or something. Is it used for that? No, it's only used for the flu. That's why it's called Tamiflu. Well, then why did the doctor give it to me? They probably just to rack up the bill. I have no idea. It doesn't sound, <laughs> it doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Just to rack up the bill. No, it's specifically an antiviral for influenza. I mean, they, maybe it does something. Else. Well, I had it. I remember. I remember. I had it, and maybe it's because he thought I had the flu, but I had Tamiflu, and uh, it. Uh, and I used, you know, one of the doses, whatever, and then it it basically expired, and I tossed them out because it was years ago. Um, but yeah. I yeah, and you should have something like that around. Anyway, you have to use the whole thing. I mean, I've explained it before how the stuff works, and um, I'm not going to explain it again. Are you familiar with the um, Tavis Smiley show? Oh, I can't stand watching him. Mm. I've never seen this before. It's on uh, PBS, I believe, right? It's a, yes, yes. Yeah. Who is, just, who, who is he's Tavis got Smiley? that style of, of old-fashioned broadcaster style, and he's got this kind of self of, it's, it's kind of a... 
a weird affectation style of speaking that just bugs me. So you can imagine, and this is a. Uh, By the a black way, I heard guy. him give a public speech once. He's quite good, but I hate to hate his show. Well, well, you can imagine that um, uh, when he had Prince on his show, that that was just, of course, one big super love fest. I think they're actually privately. It seems like they're uh, like they're good friends. So I was amazed because, first of all, um, I am. Uh, if I'm a fan of any artist, it's Prince for a number of reasons, but of course it starts with the music. I actually schlep around throughout my entire life. Uh, my my vinyl collection consists of like eight Prince records. Um, so I was like, wow, you know, Prince is he's doing like an interview. And he was, you know, really calm and cool and collected. And he was speaking. He was not speaking in his, uh, you know, kind of his uh, his artist uh, voice. Like, uh, hey, hey, hey. You know, he was, he was just he'd like talking like he was dressed and talking like a businessman. And I'm watching the show, and uh, he said some very interesting things um, about the record industry. You know, he, that's why he's been so pissed off. And he's like, you know, I still don't know how many copies Purple Rain sold. He's like, <laughs> he's like, we, I got so fucked. He said, I got so screwed by the by the the the, the mainstream music industry, which of course is why he stepped out. But then he said he went on about chemtrails. No. And it blew me away, John. Actually, uh, I think I have a, a piece of audio. Uh, I, I'm a fast learner, so I'm not going to read none of these on the air. I'm just going to ask you about this. Let me just see. Uh, it might be a little content. bit further and, on. Uh, for those who don't have the record, you can go to LotusFlower.com. Can you hear that? And, and yeah. Along uh, at home. Uh, even if you're that's a dig you hear smiling. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a poor, poor recording. Let me see if I can uh, get this uh, chemtrail bit. Hold on. And you'd see the United Nations uh, feed, the direct feed from the United Nations. You'd hear them talk a lot about religion. You'd hear the Bible mentioned constantly. Oh, that's this is up. not what we're used to. Maybe here. Good. It's the, it's the same thing. Let me. I got good news and bad news. The bad news first. So I ended on good news. Okay, well. Fuck it. Let me just tell you this what he said. This is the second week in a row you've had yeah, bad it's, clips. It's, yeah, and this is why I can't wait until I'm back at home base because this this pisses me off. So anyway, he's yeah, he's he, he all of a sudden he launched into chemtrails. Said you know when I was a kid I used to look up at the sky and I'd see the airplanes go by and I'd see those trails and I'd be like, wow, that's beautiful, man. That's an airplane. He said, and then I would see more and more of these trails, and then all of a sudden, I'd see people in my neighborhood just start fighting with each other for no reason. They're just getting all pissed off and angry. He said, he said I encourage everybody, everybody who's watching this, you've got to go find out about chemtrails because, uh, yeah, man. And I was like, what, well, this, what is with people like him and you for that matter? Well, it has been admitted that the government has, has been uh, saturating the air through chemtrails. I mean, it's not like that's a secret Who's anymore. admitted this? Well, the government. I'll get you the documents. I'll get you the documents. It's completely admitted. Yeah, sure. Yes. Well, that's why I said put it in the show notes. I will. So, um, by the way, I had a you know we had a vapor trail off of our jet coming over from Munich. That because of the position of the sun, the vapor trail was actually you could see the you see it on the Earth. Really, as a as a straight line. Hmm. I have a uh, I'll, I'll post it. Have a I took a photo out the window. Yeah, on the next show we do, which will be uh, Thursday, you're gonna. You're gonna eat crow, my friend, because I'm gonna show you the doctor. Crow's actually not bad if it's cooked in a uh, like slow, slow cook. You are such a dick. I mean, it's just it's just it's not. It's just, it's just, but I'm not gonna probably eat crow because I, I shooting crows around here is you know too much work. So I went to a Dutch grocery store, 
I'm going back to real news. I don't. Uh, you don't have any sound yeah, effects. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Hold on. Uh, and now back to real news. I'll turn that up. I don't think a lot of people realize that the Dutch <clears throat> buy these chocolate little pieces, little like chocolate. Just, it's like these little pieces, little bits of chocolate, and they dump it on bread and eat it. Sprinkles. It's uh, sprinkles. Called, it's That's called, called. It's called hagelslag. Yeah, which is uh, Dutch for hail, and it's and chocolate a, hail. And there's a ton of different ones. I mean, as you can go to the, the supermarket, got a whole section dedicated to this yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's milk chocolate, there's dark chocolate, and it, it, they don't just put it on bread. First, they put butter on the bread so that the sprinkles stick to the bread, and they and that's uh, that's a main breakfast uh, food of champions. I, I, I wonder if any other country does that because the Dutch guy I was with said no. It says Dutch. They also. Um, uh, are you familiar with Nutella? Yeah, but the Nutella, we have that at, at the Mevio office. Do people spread that on bread? Yeah, well, I mean, some yeah. people do. And then there's also, so you also have the uh, the colored hagelslag, which yeah, is... Yeah, I uh, saw that. But then you also have mousches, which are small round balls, and they're either pink or white or blue. And you're supposed to eat those on a rusk, which is also very Dutch, by the way, a rusk. And What is it? A rusk is like a, a round um, piece of toast, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like exactly. It's like uh, round toast, exactly. It's like Melba toast. Yeah, no, it's thicker. It's thicker. It's not like Melba. Melba would be more compact. Um, and in fact, tradition in Holland, if uh, if there's a new baby in the family, then you go over to. Vi- and they're really big on birthdays. Birthdays are huge in Holland. Oh yeah, this guy was complaining bitterly about the birthdays. Yeah, uh, we can get into that. But if there's a new baby. Then you go over and you have gestampte mousjes, which means these little mouse kind of hail things, which have then um, been put onto these rusks. And if it's a boy, you have the blue ones. If it's a girl, you have the pink ones. So I, yeah, I guess. These traditions are interesting. But the EU is going to try to destroy them all. Oh, yeah. There'll be, there'll so, be no more rusks. So, because there'll be something, you know, something they weren't, they're not standardized enough. Well, we're going to celebrate barcode day. <laughs> I, th- I like the, the idea of barcode that, day. Well, when did you get your barcode? Oh, September 3rd, 1964. <laughs> <laughs> John, your barcode is so old, it's done in twigs. There you go. <laughs> so I bought the, I bought some of this real, they have this marshmallow candy. It's like a twirly thing and it's got colors. It's very pretty. Oh, specky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he says. <laughs> it's uh, you, you eat it, right? It's um, it's a marshmallow. Well, it's not really a marshmallow. It's kind of like a marshmallow, yeah. but it's uh, maybe it's a triangle shape. No, these are long sticks that are twirly. <laughs> it's so funny to hear you uh, discover those uh, little uh, cultural things. Well, you know, I, there's nothing much else to do as far as I'm concerned when you travel, except you're going you're gonna to live and no, travel, except I need my Tamiflu. catch some of these uh, cultural things that are going on so you can see. I don't know. I mean, it's just fascinating to me that you would have a, you know, the way that people do things. is uh, There was something I saw. In fact, I saw. Oh, yeah, this was a good one. I don't know the name of it, but you'll probably catch it. And I took a photo and I'll probably post it. So we're driving along. The guy says, "See that thing? I forgot what it's called, but it looks like a like a huge basketball hoop. Only it's set vertically or horizontal or vertically up straight at you, and it's got a big bag like a big net on the back of it. And you can drive by in your car oh, and throw, you cans throw cans and bottles into it. into it as you're moving. Yeah, yeah. It makes turns it into a game. It's fun for the whole family. 
I mean, I thought this was genius because, you know, people throw crap out the, you know, under the, the street. Why? The you, go, you drive along and you see one of these things and you take your beer can that you've got rolling around the car yeah. and you just chuck it into this thing while you're moving. My, the, here's some, uh, some curry clan culture for you. It came from my grandfather. When uh, when we used to go on road trips, and of course, uh, back when I was a boy, um, you went in the car on a road trip and you drove for eight hours to get somewhere uh, for Easter weekend or whatever and to go to see family. And in the car, uh, we were only allowed to eat apples. And of course, you know, it's like a bummer, right? You know, it's like, yeah, I don't want to have just apples in the car. But there was a catch to it because if we only ate apples, then we were allowed to throw as many apples cores as we wanted at any stop sign, which was kind of fun. Was that did that have to do with the? Uh, you mean you could throw it at the stop sign? Yeah. So, so we were only allowed to eat apples, but because of that, uh, whenever we stopped at a stop sign, we were allowed to throw all of our cores at, uh, at the stop sign. That's funny. Yeah, it was kind of cute. <laughs> the stop sign. Yeah, it's like, hey man, there's a stop sign. I got. Uh, give me another apple. I want to eat another apple because I want to throw it at the stop sign. It was smart. It was you know my parents were psychologists. What can I tell you? So let's see what else we got on the list here. Well, just staying with the Netherlands for a moment, of course, um, uh, I know I you... I find it to be an interesting place. It's a very interesting place. It's always been the gateway to Europe, and it's always been a, uh, a great place to beta test anything for Europe. In fact, when I was just starting out in the, uh, in the early 80s on television with music, I, I interviewed every single major megastar and the less megastars in the music business from around the world because they all would come through Holland first because that that was the they would even come to Holland before they went to the UK which of course geographically is closer than uh, to the to the states than uh, than Holland so it's perfect they try everything out there every single thing and you know as you know that this is this is a, the Netherlands is a locked down enslaved state i mean it's complete police state um, so yeah, they try everything out there first. So, um, I know you brought back a newspaper. I've seen a couple other uh, newspapers, but this, um, this guy who killed five people by driving through the crowd, through the barricade, and then eventually crashed into a monument, you know, now it has been confirmed. This was an attempt on the queen's life, which by the way, uh, pretty poor attempt. If you're trying to kill the queen, who's on a double decker bus and you're doing it with a Suzuki Swift. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm going to tell you who's going to win that match right now. Um, but this is now confirmed as an attempt on her life, and it has. Well, the guy's dead. How can it be confirmed? It's supposedly well, a cop. And why is and why is the and why is the guy dead? You know, it's like two to the head. Um, well, it was hit the thing. Yeah, actually, the accident didn't look. Uh, it didn't. You know, it, <sighs> he went, first he had to hit that. There was a, there's a fence around that monument that he had to hit first, which would slow him down after hitting all those people. No, so no. What, what's what slowed him down was the people. That's yeah. that's what all the dents in the car were. You, you hit a yeah. person, man. You're gonna mess up your car too. And I yeah. mean, this is horrific, horrific pictures of uh, you know. There's there's one shot that every newspaper had, and the guy is literally under the wheels. You know, it's just it's just it's so horrible. But what what has really taken place is it has broken a uh, a major cultural barrier in the country. And I and I just had to stop for a moment and talk about that because this is that's the first thing my wife said. It's the first thing everyone says. They've this this meme has been launched. The, these days are over is basically what it is. 
you know, the days of the queen and the flags and the kids singing songs and where we're all safe and we're protected yeah. and it's a beautiful world. I, I blame the it's EU. over. It is exactly, but it's being blamed on this guy now. Just like we have to, you know, we have to, we can't take more than a hundred milliliters of liquid on a plane because some guys supposedly were going to go blow up some planes, which turned out to be not true, not convictable. Ah. This guy's going to be blamed. Well, you're absolutely right. It's the EU. And let's not overlook the fact that the Queen of the Netherlands is one of the richest women in the world, owns the majority of Shell, and there's a lot of shit going on right now in the world of energy. And the, and she has enemies, and I'm sure, you know, that there's crap going on. And this was a message. This was a, a real message. And they turned that around, and they've turned it into... Okay, now we're no longer safe. In fact, I would say from a, um, a, 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 a mass psychology point of view, this was a form of a 9-11 for the Netherlands to usher in more protectionisms, you know, more police, uh, less fun. Well, they already have the less fun going on. I got a good shot of a of a shut down coffee shop with the you know for sale sign. It's pretty good. No, that's sad. I got a lot of good uh, photos. I mean, I shot. Let's see, on the two cameras, I probably shot. I think I shot six hundred pictures on the on the Olympus five ten, and probably shot another two hundred and fifty pictures on the uh, on the pocket camera. Wow. Where do you, pub- like, do, you do you publish these, or do you just? Uh- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if I, I put some of the best ones up, and then I, you know, and the rest of them, I, you know, some of them I turn into art. I mean, I just do different things with them. I mean, I have more good pictures than I know what to do with. That's the problem. You know, a friend of mine, uh, whatever he does, uh, trips around the world from time to time, and he uh, he has a theme, and he takes pictures, and then he uh, self publishes a book after the fact, which I find to be so lovely, and he sends it to people as Christmas gifts. No, that's nice. And he writes, yeah, a, actually, yeah. And he writes a little, you know, little travel dialogue, and uh, and he selects some pictures, and it's yeah, it's and he has a map on the inside cover. It's really, it's quite, a, quite nice. Yeah, something I should do if I had more time in the day. Uh, oh, by the way, what's the deal with they got this cheese in Holland that's that got cumin in it? Oh, uh, Komeinikas. Yeah. Yeah, I like that cheese, actually. It is good. You know what yeah. I was thinking when I had it? I was like, this shredded would be great on a taco. Hmm, interesting. Well, they don't sell it shredded typically. Typically, they sell it in thin slices. It's pre-sliced. Yeah, no, I, right, or, or a block. Yeah. But I just think that's what I thought of. First thing was I like, shredded. It would be interesting on a taco. I'm going to try that. That's a good idea. Patricia yeah, makes I, tacos from time to time. That's a oh, good idea. Oh, they use that cheese. It would be yeah, really dynamic. Yeah. She doesn't like that cheese, and you know, even though it's a very Dutch, uh, Dutch type of thing. And she's a major cheese head, but she does not, not like the... And you say cumin, it's funny because they call it komanikas, which, mm. which, if you listen carefully, is Ayatollah Khomeini. Oh, cute. Komanikas. Yeah. And the other thing is just a last note uh, until I start going through my photos, and then I'll say, oh, there's that. Um, there's a lot of guys over there with your haircut. Yeah, it's back in style. I've waited long enough. And my shoulder pads are coming back, too. Yeah, I think so. So I thought you should know. Well, yeah, thanks. You know, not like I'm a trendsetter or anything. So, well, you know, if the, even a stopped clock is right twice a year, twice a day. Ron, Dr. Ron Paul, Congressman Ron Paul's um, audit the Fed House resolution now has 120 co-sponsors. 
Wow. Yeah, we're getting closer. How many do you need to have before it's like a lock-in? The majority. What's what's the majority? I don't know what's the number. You need a, you need a, is it how many how many in the house? Let's, let's Google it. I don't know what it is actually. I mean, I can come up with a number. I think it's three hundred and something, yeah. four hundred and something. So, so that's close then. Damn. Well, I think you need. Uh, let's see, House of Representatives. I have to Google stuff now because uh, because you don't know. No, because of the uh, that that thing with Air Force One, I got so much email. Yeah, we did. You know, I got it too, and uh, and people get angry. Like, ah, don't you guys know anything? And honestly, you know, just my it's logical fixed at four thirty-five. Sorry, four thirty-five is the number. Four thirty-five. So you need two hundred and something. Well, you need. But wouldn't that be awesome? Because you know, and I've been kind of. Reading along, the uh, Campaign for Liberty is where you can read all about this, campaignforliberty.com. You need 218. You need 218, right. And um, it's... Yeah, uh, you know what? This could pass and they still won't audit it, so forget it. Well, I'm not... That, my friend, is being jaded. I mean, I... Wh- how can you say that? I mean, that... I just said it. <laughs> true. I mean, I know you wasted a half a carbon footprint on saying it, but it's... Uh, if it passes... It will happen. It will happen. Then they'll get bad numbers. This reminds me of the old... I used to be involved in these lawsuits between AMD and Intel. Yeah. And there's a process that Intel used to use, which is just... Yeah, and you can see this happening all over the place. It's a model. It's a, it's a fractal. And, you know, you'd go... First, you'd, you'd have a big fight over some... In this case, it would be this, this law about whether we can... Got it. Whether we can have uh, even do this, does it legally? You know, because because you may it's an unconstitutional law. Right. Then they, you know, so they fight, 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 and so they, that goes on for a year. So then they decide, yeah, no, you have to do, you have to do the audit. So then, and in the case of Intel, they say you have to turn over the diagram. So Intel turns over the diagrams like two years later, to you know, or the or the plans or the right. tape. A- outs after after they fight that four more times, after fighting, 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 then they turn over stuff, and then it takes another year before AMD or whoever. Depends on who's being sued. Finds out that these are not the right ones. Oh yeah. Well, and then they go back. So, oh, it was a mistake. We had we had to fire the guy who sent those, and then they go through another battle, and it just never ends. And then never nobody ever gets accomplishes well, what they're a, looking. What's a disturbing trend that I only uh, discovered when I started reading the documents of the Lisbon Treaty, which uh, is the uh, EU constitution disguised. And before you say that. On the plane back, there's a, there's some channel, uh, that's being shown in the EU constantly talking about the big elections coming up in June yeah. and how yeah. important. And then they have all these men on the street with a microphone on their, oh, I'm so happy to be voting yes. for the in first Europe, time. In Europe, it's, we're one Europe. Aren't we great? Aren't we cool? In the uh, Lisbon Treaty, it clearly states that the European Central Bank and all of its employees are not only uh, indemnified from any prosecution, from any court anywhere in the known universe, but all of the uh, buildings, archives, and anything contained within these buildings are sovereign. Sovereign, John, cannot be invaded, audited, visited, any form whatsoever. And that's exactly what the Federal Reserve, of course, got in 1932. I don't know if it was in the original act, 
But you know, there's gold trading going on between the Federal Reserve and other central banks that is unaudited that we don't know about. Hey, man, that's our gold. I'd like to remind you, it's our gold, our gold. And they're trading it, and we'd have no idea to, kn- to know how much or for what price or who they're trading it. Well, we kind of know it's in- with China, and that China's buying everything up. Um, but it would be that would be such a good start. I'm really at the end of the day, if you can stop these these cracks from from screwing with our money, then wow, a lot would change. You know, follow the money. They don't say it for nothing. Well, I'm glad you're optimistic. Well, I have to be optimistic, and I and this is the soul searching that I've been doing, John. I've been thinking, obviously, my tact, my approach is not working. Um, <laughs> We have a great show. We talk about uh, all the things that piss me off. And, of course, nothing happens. We just do another show the next time. (laughs) (laughs) What do you expect to happen? Well, uh, a good friend of mine said to me uh, uh, just the other day, he said, you know, you get too angry and people don't hear you through the anger. So they're not here. So I'm I'm trying to Jack Nicholson eyes myself. I got to do something. I've got to change and I've got to pursue certain things. And I like this this audit the Fed that's something I can really stand behind is a legal process. Are you going to get depressed when it never actually gets no. audited? No, of course not. No, because that's not the stance I take. It will get audited. If we can get this thing to pass and I uh, encourage you to call your Congress a congressman or woman, your representative in Washington, should be fairly easy to find out who that is and call them. Don't email them. Call them and say, hey, would you please support Ron Paul's bill to audit the Fed? At least let's get it passed and then we'll take the next step. Right? Yeah. No, I'm, I think it should be. It's a good idea. Will you march I mean, Why with not? Me? What difference is it? What, what difference does it make to anybody whether it's audited? I mean, why, why would the Fed not want it to be audited so they can get. Because they're secretive, (laughs) because it's secretive, and they're stealing our shit. That's why. That's what you think. (laughs) Oh, right, you don't. I think. (laughs) Please, I don't. We literally borrow our own money back from those guys, and what the hell is that all about? Well, I heard that. I heard that. um, Who 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 took over from Kennedy? Was it Johnson when he was assassinated? So what I understand is that Kennedy had signed a bill that in in essence was going to rescind the Federal Reserve Act and that he was assassinated and he was he was on the day that he was assassinated Johnson of course uh, assumed the uh, the presidency and he uh struck that bill he got rid of it yeah yeah i know this story's been going around is that not true have you ever looked into it uh, you know, I, I saw a couple documentation, some documents that indicated my, you know, that the, that it was some, you know, coincidence or I don't know. I mean, it's possible. Well, and wasn't it wasn't it Lincoln who who uh, started with the greenbacks, which of course was another way of removing the banks from the process? Mm, I don't think Lincoln really was that. Uh there's a beautiful statue of Abraham Lincoln. I mean, it's Lincoln. like, you know, it's everybody wants to assume that these guys were, I mean, they, Lincoln was shot by a nutcase and Kennedy was too. Sure. Oh, a nutcase. Right. <laughs> I was walking through San Francisco the other day and I don't remember where I was, but there's a, a, a beautiful statue of Abraham Lincoln and it's, and it's kind of like life size. So it's not a huge, you know, a huge thing that towers over you. You can kind of stand really? right by. I don't it. know that there's a statue of Lincoln in San Francisco. That's interesting. Yeah. It, uh, what's the square? It's uh, okay. So here, I, uh, this is when I walked up to Circuit City. You sure so this it. wasn't some random hippie that they made no. a statue of? <laughs> they bronze some hippie with a hat. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, uh, and it was given to. Uh, it was 
you know, the uh, the city of San Francisco by whatever association, the Freemasons probably, I don't know. Uh, but it, but the, he's sitting there in his chair, and he, and he's in. It's very detailed. Are you googling this to see if you can find out where it is? Yeah, I'm looking at the Statue of San Francisco. It's by City Hall. Yes, by City Hall. Exactly. Do you have a picture of it? I'm getting there. Flickr, yeah. yeah somebody on Flickr. If you go to Flickr.com and type in Lincoln Statue, San Francisco City, yeah, it's a picture of him sitting in his chair. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. And you can yeah. stand right in front of him. And you know what? I really felt some kind of thing. It was like, wow, man. You know, dude. This was this was a dude back in the day. Yeah, probably a contact high from a nearby dope smoker. <laughs> I, get, I get no respect from you, John. <laughs> I'm no... telling you, they smoke dope in the city. <laughs> you think? <sighs> so uh, we do have to mention a few people this week. Oh, good. I always like this part of the show. Turn down your speakers. Uh, I had to turn them up because I had to go find this list, and I wanted to hear you. Uh, so a couple people gave That's us a, a you know, we have a bunch of weird numbers. Let's go to some of the weird numbers and see if we can identify any of them. These are donations to the uh, No Agenda Armory, by the way. And uh, I promise that once we are back in our uh, respective uh, hideout locations, that we're actually going to get some of this shit together because we owe some people some flatware. We owe some people um, some certificates. And we have a lot of ideas, and I'd really I'd like to start executing on them, John. Yeah, we need to get more people supporting us. Yeah, and we need to execute on some of the things we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, we've talked a big game, but we haven't even put up a website. Yeah, exactly. We suck. Okay. Although we do have a website that we're working on uh, through uh, squarespace.com. You can go to squarespace.com and type in tech for your discount. Anyway. <laughs> Did you just slip into the commercial? <laughs> <laughs> did you just did not you just, just mention it? I mean, I may might as well. Okay, oh my here we go. God! Here we go. Seven seventeen, seven dollars and seventeen cents. What do you think seven seventeen means? Seven seventeen. And it wasn't a commercial; it was a plug. A little different. Wow. Okay, this guy who did the seven seventeen seven dollars and seventeen cents. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. That he either had, he's either a PayPal customer or something because seven, when you give, when you donate seven dollars and seventeen cents, the amount of money PayPal takes out results in a net donation of six sixty six. Oh no, you're kidding me. Oh, that's beautiful. PayPal takes that much money? Yeah, well, they Those take tons. Of that. That's right. I want people should not get. You know, they said the two dollars a month. They should do the twenty four dollars a okay. year. Another thing we've got to change on the site, John. Wow, that's great. Seven seventeen, you get six six six. Fantastic. <laughs> that's the winner, by that's the way. I think the, that is a good one. It's so, I mean, and who, that's and who, who gave that? I don't have his name because the only names I wrote down is the guys who get $50 or more. Sorry. Um, we've got a 1984, a 1976. Well, that's the beginning of the Civil War, largely. I mean, it started in 1869. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't that... Uh... I mean, just before the Civil War, it should have been a crash. I don't know what 1815... Now, maybe that's a, there was some something that happened. Some American historical event took place. $22.22. twenty-two anything? Oh, there? yes, I know what that is. That's um, Mafia Code for Two to the Head. I know this one. So you're serious? Yeah, yeah. Because no, so, someone emailed me this and said I just donated. Oh, yeah. Let me look it up. Because someone told oh, me about this he donation. Gave you the clue. He, yeah, he gave it away. He said, you know, you're probably going to be wondering. I'll look it up while we're talking. 
Um, and he said, it's something like the, the mob always shoots people with, uh, hold on, let me just Google it in my Gmail. 22.22. Come on, Gmail. Don't let me down. Oh, okay, yes. I'll- Boom. Ed, here it is. I got it. Ed, uh, Turing, Turigny, Turigny, I think. Adam, I sent my $22.22 in for no agenda under my pa- PayPal name. I uh, thought I'd let you in on the meaning of it. So if John brings it up, you know what I mean, and he will never guess it. <laughs> I've, gee, I didn't use his information very well, did I? Um, a real pro mafia type hitman uses a throwaway gun loaded with 22 cal- caliber ammo, in particular 22 shorts. These yeah. little bullets don't make much noise at all, so the hitman just walks up to you and pop, pop, puts two to the head and leaves. So 22, 22, 22 is two to the head. Yeah, and the thing is about those twenty two is that they are they're just very they don't make a lot of noise, and then if you get it, you you if you it penetrates the the skull, and then it bounces around inside the brain yeah, and scrambles yeah. it because it can't get out. Yeah, you got like freaking scrambled eggs in your noggin. So uh, twenty thirty six. Oh, I should know this one. Why does that? When is that? Uh, twenty thirty six. Okay, uh, nineteen thirteen. We know is yeah, the tax 1913 act. Nineteen thirteen is the Federal Reserve Act. No, 1913 is the Federal is the Tax Act. Oh, the Tax First, Act. I'm sorry. Yes, Federal Reserve Act was in 32. 1913, the Tax Act. The Federal Tax Act. Right. 2112. What do you think that is? 2112. Could be a palindrome. Yeah. Well, it is, know, it is it, a palindrome. I don't know. No, it, it is a palindrome. I'm sorry. Couldn't. I mean, maybe that's all it references. I don't know. I don't know 2112. I don't know that either. Unless it's something. Some. It's probably a reference to Star Trek or something. 2036 is, uh, no, I don't know. Five twelve, which yeah, is the Mac. That's the, the original Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it was five twelve. Uh, Thirteen thirty two, which I don't know that one. That's some historical era. Thirteen thirty two. Hmm. I don't know that one. All right, well, look at that one. Now, maybe the guy can clue us in. Anyway, so we got some uh, donors that went over 50 bucks. We had the tiptopwebsite.com, uh, 149.40, which has got to be a number that means something, too. Tiptopwebsite.com. Oh, first of all, 1332, of course, is 666 times 2. Oh, right. We did that one already. Yeah, we did that one. That's not new. And what was that with the 14? What was that? One hundred forty nine dollars and forty cents. So it's fourteen nine forty. Well, uh, for, when did the uh, oh? Oops, when did the uh, when did uh, Columbus discover America? Fourteen ninety two. Fourteen ninety two. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Oh man, the sound is breaking up. Hold on. Yeah, it's probably from the weather. <laughs> no, it's something uh, else. And another one, Matthew Tipton. Yes. Cough. Uh, gave us um, sixty nine sixty nine, which works. And Gee, Darryl, what could that? What could the significance of that one be, John? Who knows? I, it's uh, been a while since I've even discussed sixty nine sixty nine. Yeah, sixty nine sixty nine. We encourage more of those donations. Uh, Daryl Pitts had sixty six sixty six. Good one. That's a good one too. Uh, Randall Hayes just said, "Screw all this bull." Here's a hundred bucks. All right, right on. Uh, then we have Lennart Renkema. Yeah, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And he's got another odd one. 138.46. 138.46. Uh, I don't know what that is, man. 
All right, well, he's going to have to tell us. Uh, somebody, by the way, gave us $5.11 three times in a row. Bang, bang, bang. What do you think that could be? Have you done the math? Well, it's 1533. 1533, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. We'll let the, the listeners try to figure that out. And then uh, Samafi Hashko gave us uh, $50. So that's our Excellent. good guys of the week. Yeah. Thank you all so very much. Um, if you can't donate any money, then uh, putting this show on, uh, if you uh, actually we're trying to keep it under 80 minutes so you can burn it onto a disc. Uh, you can uh, just uh, turn someone onto the, the site, which for now, of course, is noagenda.mevio.com. You can... Uh, just tell someone, link to us. You know, all of that helps. It really does, and we appreciate. Right, it. and if you do want to donate, uh, no agenda. Uh, sorry, what? Uh, what's D- the name of Dvorak, our Dvorak. I know I got the Dvorak.org slash na, right. but then there's the No Agenda Library. Yeah, but I, I'm not using that brand anymore because we know it's the Armory, and I have yeah, to get. Well, a, you got to get a new website then. <laughs> we got to get a website. That would be go a to the no, Dvorak.org slash na and help us out. Hmm. It won't hurt. So, John, this, uh, yeah, it won't kill you. This uh, coming week, uh, it would be great if we could get uh, one or two dinners in. Yeah, I think we can. Definitely two. And is Mimi in town? Uh, she is now, but she has to leave, like, uh, tomorrow. Oh, I want to meet her. Yeah. Well, Do you have a she's picture? She's at Costco right now. If you head over here, you can probably catch her in the uh, produce section. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> I could just walk up to her. Excuse me, man. Uh, I need to speak with you for a moment. All that hair. <laughs> I wish my husband had hair like that. Send me a picture of her. What does she look yeah, like? Okay, sure. I will. I'll send you a picture this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, well, this so, is the weekend. Uh, it's Sunday. Send me a picture now. Skype me. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't have one on this machine. Sure. I don't. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, what's on our list? We Anything else you got going? We got another uh, 20 minutes to, or 15 minutes to Well, chat. actually, as I said, I, w- I want to try and – yeah, 15 minutes. Um, well, as I told you before I um, before we well, started, actually, I, I have done absolutely F all in prep. I did nothing. Good. Well, then I can bring up this topic. Uh, do you mind if I just go blow my nose for a second? Well, no, I think that's fine. You want me – I'll talk to the, to, yes. the, to the listeners yeah, while you're – Blowing your nose because you apparently have a cold, even though you thought you had swine flu. And by the way, we didn't talk enough about swine flu. I think we'll probably bring it back up on Thursday after it probably blows over completely. Um, so, yeah, it's going to blow over. Uh, yeah, um, thank you. So we're talking about, for some reason, my wife and I both got on the computer and got into a jag. There's a New York Times article bringing up the fact that it looks like high fructose corn syrup actually isn't good. Oh, gee, not something we've discussed on this show before. Now, is it? It says obesity and heart disease and all this other stuff. So meanwhile, Pepsi has come out with this Pepsi throwback, which they're going to have out for three months only, and Mountain Dew throwback, which eliminates the high fructose corn syrup and throws in regular sucrose. Mm. Um, so we were looking at all these different things. It turns out here's some numbers that are kind of interesting. For one thing, they think that that most Americans after 1996, uh, they be, before 1996, uh, boys would drink 2x, 20 years ago, let's say, 2x more milk than sodas, and then the girls 1.5x more. Since 1996, more sodas than milk are being drunk, and with the, with the effect, it's uh, apparently very damaging to the bones. Two things. One, caffeine. 
has an effect on the calcium and your calcium it needs your informative years you you know you have to get a good bone yeah, structure for your bone structure yeah, of course and the caffeine and phosphorus leaches calcium Ugh. so not and, only are you depriving yourself of it going in but it's actually taking it away whatever's in there yeah jesus christ so uh so what, so, so, wait a minute, so what is Pepsi doing then? What's this special Pepsi's they've got going got on? Pepsi's got a thing called Pepsi Throwback, which has got this regular sugar in it. It's like Mexican Coke. You know, I've noticed this trend. This is very interesting. I have noticed a huge trend of real sugar, sweetened with real sugar. Have you noticed this? Yeah, and it's like a selling point. Yeah, well, but it's not bad. I'm, I, I, real sugar is good, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Well, it's better than this, this whatever this chemicals. chemical is. Yeah. Jeez. So okay, and then of Here's course the, you know we we market this Red Bull crap to our kids, which has you know thirty percent of the drink is caffeine, d- 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 totally depriving them of of in, in incredibly important stuff they need for their growing bodies. Yeah, kids shouldn't be. They should be drinking milk. So here's the here's the what do you think the yearly gallonage is for soda pop in the United States on a yearly basis? Oh God. No, no, it's oh, impossible God. to guess. I see, I, uh, let me just see. We have 300 million people. I would say each of those people probably drinks at least one can a day on average. <laughs> so I'm going to say about a trillion. No, a trillion is way too high. It's only 13 billion gallons. It may be a trillion cans. Right, anyway, it's probably a trillion cans, exactly. The average is actually three cans daily for a boy. Wow. Um... Wow. And two cans for girls. By the way, a couple of little side notes I got here. Anyway, the just fact to stay is on that. Should... Just stay on that for one second before you close it out. When yeah. I was a kid, and I'm now old enough to say that shit, when I was a kid, we weren't allowed to drink soft drinks. You know, it was a treat maybe on a Saturday. You know, hey, okay, kids. You know, we drank Kool-Aid. You know, <laughs> we had lemonade. Gee, we actually had lemonade stands. We made our own stuff. We made iced tea, and we went out to the garden, and we picked some mint, and we put it into the iced tea. What happened to that? Since 2005, soda pop is the single largest source of calories for an American. No wonder we're dying. I said to a friend uh, the other day, and I said, oh, you know, well, look at all this shit that they're, ser- they're serving us. You know, they just want to kill us. And uh, the friend said, this, uh, "Much of this began during the Clinton administration in 1996, when the schools were allowed to do bidding with these big companies yeah. like McDonald's, and, yeah. let, and they started taking the milk out and putting soda in. And you remember, there was also a thing called Channel One, which was yeah, a, a, that that was a uh, an educational channel in the mid 90s with advertisements set up by what was the guy's name? He was like the guy's a, name was Whittle." That's right, Chris Whittle, who of course uh, has his uh, his uh, satellite uh, academy or whatever. I think he went broke. Yeah, no, the the whole project went belly up. I remember because they were a client and they didn't pay. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't pay. They can pay in advance. Anyway, Channel they can One now. had advertisers and the advertisers would be candy bars and things like that. Right. Yeah, I do remember bad, that. Very bad. So I'm floating. By the way, I'm leaving uh, Europe, and I always forget this. I always take pictures. And I never post these pictures of the signage that is that are on tobacco products at the duty free oh. store in Europe. In in Europe, when you buy tobacco, you have to specifically ask for the kind that doesn't give you cancer, <laughs> because it says right there. Here, what do I have here? I have a. Oh, this one's actually quite tame because there's different ones. The signage on my tobacco. Uh, which I have here, which is Old Hoburn, is fine British uh, rolling tobacco. Smoking seriously harms you and others around you. Now, that 
is very mild. But here it is on the back. Smoking may reduce the blood flow and causes impotence. And they have a picture of a cigarette that's bent down. (laughs) Yeah, there's that. But the main one is smoking tobacco will kill you. Yeah, exactly. That's what it says in a huge sign. No, it even kills you earlier or something like that. Or you will die younger. And it's true, yeah, of course. Yeah, there's that, too. There's about five or six of these things. They're trying them out. I'm not so making light of it. my wife points true. out that this and that analyst is called neural marketing. It turns out that the signage uh, uh, that says this product will kill you actually triggers Makes you want to go and buy it. Yes, it makes you buy more. Of course it does. It's so, it's so idiotic. There's not a single test. Have you ever read anywhere said, hey, you know, that stuff we put on the packs, that's really effective? I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that of that survey. No, in fact, this is, let's make it bigger. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think these guys, you never hear anyone complaining? They're like, dude, they want us to put like this. Cra-. So I'm looking at this pack and this is, is great. I, I should scan this. And so there's like a cigarette and it's halfway smoked and half of it is ash and it's kind of lit and it's bent down like a flaccid penis. And it says smoking rate may reduce the blood flow and cause impotence. And I look at this and the first thing that comes to mind, John, when I see that is like sex. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm thinking, well, luckily I don't have that problem. <laughs> yeah, that's probably another thing. Oh, that's great. It doesn't affect me that yeah, way. Let's smoke some more. So, uh, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm, I've been trapped. The whole thing. I've is been bad. fooled all these years. Yeah. You have actually. Yeah. So I got to ask you this. Yeah, so go I got ahead. this, I uh, got the paper from Amsterdam. It's called NBNA. What's the name of it? NRC. Again? The NRC. No, no, this is just like AD. Oh, Algemeen uh, Dagblad, uh, yeah. AD, yeah. Yeah, so it's a tabloid. It's actually quite good, a lot of pictures. Uh, I don't like them because they're a copy-paste publication pretty much, but okay. okay. Well, anyway, there's who's this woman, Wendy? Oh, jeez, Wendy van Dyke? I get, yeah, Van Dyke, uh, yeah, Dyke, the, the Wendy Van Dyke, or whatever her name is. She's uh, a TV she's host. She's the Paris Hilton of No, Holland? oh, please, please stop. No, no, she's extremely irritating. She um up I, I, and I repeat myself. Yes. No, she's not. Uh, she's it's extremely irritating, but not uh, not not in the Paris Hilton way because she's not hot. But she uh, she she's a TV presenter, and she started off. She had this show which was kind of cute called Ushi and Van Dyke, and she would dress up. It was kind of corny because it would work sometimes, but it was the same formula. She'd dress up as a uh, a Japanese journalist. And uh, the transformation was good. She looked Japanese. And she go, oh, and she couldn't speak any English, so she had a translator, which, you know, a whole setup. And whenever press junkets would come through town, you'd have, like, you know, George Clooney and Brad Pitt or, you know, whatever major Hollywood celebrities. Then they, you know, they'd, they'd request an interview, and this is, you know, the number one uh, show or news channel in Japan. And so, of course, all these super celebrities would do these interviews. And... They would make it really, you know, crazy it's like questions. Borat. Yeah, but but dumb. The Dutch Borat, <laughs> dumb. And uh, and you know, and and then there would be the big reveal, and like, and 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 these celebrities were like, well, yeah, you got me, but who the fuck are you? <laughs> it's like it's one thing if it's uh, you know, uh, uh, Ashton Kutcher, Ashton Kutcher, exactly, you know, or something like that. But it's like, oh yeah, that's good, that's funny, you got me. But so, who are you, and what is you know, ha ha ha. So it never really works because the celebrities, you know, the payoff is is never good for the celebrity because they're like, well, what the hell is that? Just want to promote my <laughs> damn movie, you know. So anyway, so now she hosts X Factor and all this other stuff, and she's screwing with the uh, uh, with the program director, which of course is why everyone in TV land hates her 
because her show should actually be off the air. Mm. But it's still on despite low ratings because she's boning the guy. Okay, so uh, that's uh, Wendy. What about her? She's all over the paper. <laughs> yeah, she's probably boning the editor. <laughs> well, whatever the case, I just uh, was wondering, who is this woman? I don't know her personally. I'm sure she's quite sweet. For, well, for a moment there, she was the, the super darling because she was married to kind of a rock star dude named Sunder. And they had a baby together, and of course it was a you know a big Dutch version of celebrity love affair. And then he cheated on some girls after you know, on, on his on Wendy with some girls after some gig, um, you know, just one of those one of those rock and roll type things. But it was actually the girls who then had tape recorded him, and you know, it was, oh, it was really sucked. It was like every guy was like, oh dude, oh dude. <laughs> And you, know, and you know the sex was dumb and useless. <laughs> that it was, you know, the guy did a show. He's got thousands of girls adoring him. You know, like one of them says, "Hey, come on, let me blow you." You know, you understand how these things go because these guys are pretty simple that way. And every guy is just thinking, "Oh man, you've so got so 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 screwed, so useless, so for, so, for no reason." And of course, Wendy immediately said, "I never want to speak to him again." And he was the dog. I'm talking three, four years of, you know, if anyone was a dick, it was his name was associated with it. You know, oh, oh he's wow. just like Sander. And uh, so, but these things, the way the media goes, when you, when you cast the ball, it will come back to you. That's how it works. So Wendy totally used that to, uh, to vilify and to, and to annihilate this guy. And now she's getting it back. And now the press is going, oh, Oh, you think you're so Miss Goody Two Shoes? What are you doing, bone in the program director? This, by the way, is how the media works, and that is exactly how and why we come up with. And now back to real news because we just spent ten minutes talking about it. Yeah, but you know what? It's interesting because it's, we're actually not talking about that at all. We are talking about the sociology. And we're using the exemplification in regards to Wendy to better analyze the sociology that, so we can understand the world around us in a little, in a manner that makes us more effective as human beings. I'd call that the, uh, the perfect end of the show, John. I think so. Because you just explained in a nutshell, with more eloquence than I could ever produce, what we're all about. And we're under 80 minutes, so you, people can burn this to a CD, which is our goal. Uh, and it's a good one. And it'll help us get to three shows a week sooner if you help us out. And That's by the way, I got a lot of email about that too. I have not got a single person who said, and maybe these people just don't email. No one has said, oh, no, 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 do less shows. I only get do more. I want three, I want four, I want five shows yeah, a week. Well, yeah, I think that it's unusual. But I can see it. You know, if you had people who have a long commute probably would love to have lots of this stuff. Yeah. Coming to All you right. uh, from uh, Gitmo Nation Northwest, uh, not quite in the place called Silicon, Silicon Alley, but of course it doesn't exist. Uh, I'm in San Francisco. My name's Adam Curry. And here from the other side of the great San Francisco Bay in the uh, Gitmo Nation West, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda.